0: Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 56. We're discussing Star Wars Rebels Season 3 mid-season trailer. I'm Ernie host Tim. I'm Troy. Star Wars has just been exploding all over the place for us. Just, it's, it's unreal what we're getting right now from Rebels, from the comics, from the novels. And we're going to discuss this massive Season 3 mid-season trailer this week. It dropped a couple days ago, six days ago I believe, yep. and it just blew my mind apart.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy from start to finish, the way it opens, right?
0: We'll get into it. Yes, we certainly will. And we're going to dive right into that after we get through a bit of news here. There's a lot going on in the nerd world. We have to catch up on some news from the last few weeks. But off the top here, we just wanted to throw a few things out there and do a little roundup from around... The Star Wars Commonwealth. And first things first, we want to congratulate Rob Cass. He's one of the newest members of the Star Wars Commonwealth, and he just welcomed into the world his second child. Everyone's happy, everyone's healthy, and from the Nerd room, we just want to say congratulations. Congratulations, man. That's great news. And now Rob, he like I said, he's one of the newest members of the Commonwealth, and he does host the Roman Pod and Cast, which is his original podcast. But he's also now hosting a new show that falls underneath the Talk Star Wars branch called the Talk Star Wars Roundtable. And it's a really unique podcast it's focusing in on the listeners and it's inviting the listeners in to be a part of the podcast so with varying hosts from around the commonwealth once a month you're going to see these episodes drop that do include knights of the commonwealth and include listeners so you're gonna have a chance to be on a podcast to talk with the different hosts about star wars
1: i love that idea it's such a great concept right
0: it's really cool and they dropped their zero episode a couple weeks back where they kind of go through the format and what this new podcast is actually going to be and we do know that they have recorded their first episode so look out for that dropping very soon over on the talk star wars feed nice so keep it locked here in the commonwealth yes definitely and congratulations again rob we're really happy for you guys and continue on with the commonwealth here ash from over at the skyhopper podcast she's doing some fantastic stuff on youtube right now she just did a really cool video on the iconic scene from Empire Strikes Back, the I love you, I know scene. She kind of breaks it down and and brings it into a new light. It was really interesting when she was going through it. It put a different perspective on it for me. And now I completely think of the scene totally differently. So I really like what she did. So make sure you go check out what she's doing over on the Skyhopper podcast YouTube page. That's awesome, man. This whole channel has everybody you know, just fully... uh up to date on all the star wars news yeah just, just keep it really engaged yeah that's awesome yeah and our friends over at generation x-wing and rogue squadron podcast they are driving towards 100 episodes they're on a bit of a race there and it looks like gen x is going to slightly edge them out in the race to 100 episodes and make sure you go check out both the rogue squadron and generation x-wing as they drive towards this 100th episode this big celebratory episodes that they're going to be doing want to congratulate those guys too on going this deep getting this far because that's that's a difficult feat to pass right for sure and that's a that's a lot of beer to cover.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Rogue Squadron there. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, guys.
0: And lastly, we want to throw out a belated happy birthday to Corey over at the Tumbling Saber podcast. These guys are absolutely killing it out there. They've added a third podcast, Journals of the Willing. It's a really cool podcast breaking down more of the literature side of Star Wars. And running that out, you know, make sure you guys go and check out all of the podcasts within the Star Wars Commonwealth. There's Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, the Rogue Squadron podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. A lot of great content dropping, covering different aspects. Aspects of stores and also other parts of the nerd world. And speaking of the nerd world, there's there's quite a bit of news to get through this week, and we're gonna cut it down a little bit because we want to spend some time on this Star Wars Rebels season three trailer. But let's jump into some of the more controversial,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: news here. <laughs> um justice league we got this new photo dropping right so the movies due out november 2017 so later on this year this was sanjay's number one movie of the year this was my eighth most anticipated and it didn't even make your list <laughs> no not a chance <laughs> so they did drop this new photo what are your thoughts on this photo it's 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 lineup of five of the six justice league members centered around cyborg and flanking him is wonder woman batman flash and aquaman yeah what, what are your what are your thoughts on this photo? Uh,
1: yeah, you know it still doesn't faze me. Um, I don't like the direction of the going with Batman suit at all. I, the I goggles? Really, yeah, the goggles on there, like he's just been working on his Bat bike or Bat car, Batmobile. Um, I really was a fan of his last co- costume and even the one in Suicide Squad, that worked for me. Wonder Woman looks okay. I feel like Cyborg looks a little out of place and pretty small of a frame. He should be the biggest guy there, but I guess that's just me being you know a hardcore DC sweaty nerd. Um flash still i'm not sold on that character either uh it's an okay shot, but it, it it's nothing i I hate comparing it to um to Marvel, but Marvel has that that epicness you yeah. know to these photos and and it's weird because on on paper the Justice League are like gods compared to the Avengers, but when you look at these Avengers movies, they look like just immortals, you know, and I see this, and it just looks like a bunch of uh, misfits. It almost reminds me, actually, of uh, Mystery Men, way yeah, back. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. way back. It kind of reminds me of that lineup that they pitched the movie on. So, sorry, Sanjay. It looks like Mystery Men. Uh, I'm not, not sold on this movie.
0: You know what, man? Like, I have the same sentiments towards this photo when i looked at it for the first time i was expecting more it's it's too dark first of all and this looks like a mishmash of heroes mystery men is a perfect example yeah it just looks like a bunch of people with random powers have come together when i looked at the avengers everything kind of worked the costumes melded together Mm -hmm. albeit the cap costume was a little off yeah yeah but when I look at this, it just does it almost looks like wax figure. I don't know what it is yeah. about this photo. It still doesn't get me jacked up. And I I know I'm known as the D C hater, at least the DC Cinematic Universe yeah. hater on this podcast but like i've said before just give me something i can sink my teeth into i know i've been waiting for it and it looks small like does it it doesn't look like a big movie it looks like a very small scale movie it does and i just don't get the, like i was trying to compare each one of these characters to a marvel character to see in my head if i was just being biased because it's not marvel I was saying you know aquaman looks like thor and yeah. you know cap is batman and, and all these figures cyborg maybe iron man or something like mm-hmm. that and I was trying to see, am I being biased and that you have the same type or archetype characters within the Avengers that are reflected somewhat in the Justice League? and I, I still look at it, I'm just like, this doesn't look like it works. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. There's something about it yeah. that I'm just not into. yeah,
1: and, and, and I feel like we've seen a lot of these photos this, like we've seen these photos over and over again. We haven't seen like like that epic looking kind of shot these figures or, or these characters i should say
0: we need that splash page like marvel has like the airport scene yeah. or in uh, age of ultron when they had that scene where they're all kind of jumping across it sometimes looks yeah. ridiculous but it also looks like it was peeled off the pages of a comic
1: book yeah e- even the x-men brian singer's x Men's i've seen better photos maybe even josh strength's uh, fantastic four i've seen better photos i mean the movies have sucked but i've seen they've had that epic factor and yeah. i just feel i have not seen that yet throughout this whole marketing
0: no, I seen it. And there's rumors here that are falling out of the controversy or the rumors surrounding the Batman being delayed. That this movie is in fact somewhat of a mess. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lot of those rumors that are just being circulated around that have no basis in fact. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I look at what's been shown. I look at these photos and the rumors that the Batman's being pushed back because Ben Affleck's not happy mm-hmm. and potential. I don't know if it's because of reshoots or, or Jeff Johns maybe even. I, I, yeah. I really don't know. There's There seems to always be this swirling shit show around the DC Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe yeah. when it comes to their films being produced. And when they're in the editing stage and people saying early cuts look like shit. And yeah. like, I know we're still 10 months out and Sanjay pointed that out on Twitter that right. there's probably not even a final cut of this. They have finished principal photography, I believe. Mm-hmm. So there is... All of the scenes are there and they're, I guess, waiting on CG and that. But we still don't know anything about this movie. No. And it, it's maybe being a bit harsh on our part as far as criticizing it this early on in the stages of production. Yeah. But still like, come on, guys. Just yeah. when you're putting stuff out, like Wonder Woman looks fake in here. Like she does yeah, she not doesn't look real. She doesn't have this epic pose to her. She's no. just standing there with this dour face. Yeah. Dull. And it's yeah. like, why isn't she in her Wonder Woman pose? Right? The shield, the sword up. Like, just show these guys in action because that's one thing we really haven't seen. We've seen them wandering around together, but we have not seen them in action together. And no. that's what is going to draw people in. It has like to. You, you, think of that scene from one of the first Avengers trailers in New York that had in New York, oh, yeah, yeah. that had the camera spinning around all of the Avengers. Yeah. It's like, holy shit! Like yeah. that. Here are the Avengers,
1: and that became like their trademark thing, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hate being the shit out of the DC <laughs> Cinematic Universe so yep. much, but at the same... like it, They just got to give us a little more. Well, they, they
1: really do. I mean, it's kind of like any franchise. Look at the Transformers franchise. When they produce crap film, mm-hmm. then you, you have nothing left to do than bash on it. And I feel like they really have after Man of Steel. They haven't given us anything that's that great. Um I know there's some people out there that I like Batman versus Superman or even like Suicide Squad. But for the most part, it's been pretty 50-50. Yeah. No critics have really gone on to like any of these
0: films. So, yeah. They need to step it up. They they, they do. And yeah, that's going to be all of our, our DC knocking around yeah. for today. We're going to jump over to Marvel. And cool. we've expressed in the last couple episodes here, particularly when it comes to Marvel Comics, yeah. that we haven't been particularly thrilled with what's dropping as far as the events. You had the opportunity to finish Civil War 2. And I yes. mentioned my disappointment in that series right. last week. Now, yeah. I'd like to hear your opinion. <laughs> I think I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than you did, but I totally
1: feel where you're coming from. Uh the conclusion was kind of a throwaway. This character, uh Uly- Ulysses. Yeah. I feel like he's just out of place. They didn't know what to do with him. He became too strong, too powerful to contain in this universe, so they kind of just threw him out last minute. Iron Man seemed like he's und- they're undecided what they want to do with that character too, whether they want to kill him or not. I feel like they didn't want to kill him but they've kind of put him on ice. Yeah, well, I that, guess that's essentially wish. it, right? right? But actually, the cool thing is, because I haven't been much of a Cap guy like you have, at least on the Steve Rogers side, but I did go back and look at those issues, and, and reading that totally made me like this story arc, this event, a little bit more, knowing that he was kind of the master planner behind all these things. I, I really did like um, the Captain America and Spider-Man stuff coming out of this, because I did read the Spider-Man, yeah. Miles Morales as well. But you know what really bugged me is when you go back to Civil War One you could either be on Cap's side or you could be on Iron Man's side and they both had you know their pros and cons but going into this book is always Iron Man is always on Tony Stark's side and I really feel like Captain Marvel was made to be like the protagonist she she um yeah. she she was just like the bad guy the whole time
0: I found myself confused sometimes yeah. as to what Side each like we're talking about Tony being a futurist, right? And it just it always seemed weird to me the side that he was on. The role should have been flipped. Yes, the
1: role should have been flipped for sure. But I just feel like where Tony Stark was coming from, like yeah, that makes sense. And like, why would you trust this guy's powers so fast on uh, on Carol Danvers' side? And Mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense to me. I just I just looked at her the whole time as a villain, as opposed to going back to the first one. I could kind of hop back and forth. You kind of could feel like you were Spider-Man in the first one, that you kind of would go back and forth between these two yeah. heroes. Whereas this one didn't work at all for me. I was, I was just like, yep, I know where this is going. I'm totally on Tony Stark's side. And I, I really felt that was the right side to be on.
0: It seemed like more of a, a jumping off point. So it, it, I just... I didn't hate it, but mm. when you compare it to the original Civil War and even the Civil War that was in Secret Wars, mm-hmm. like they're both really well done. Yeah, and this I'm just like I I don't know like yeah, it's... And,
1: and Carol Danvers is kind of weird because she like full out tried to kill Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, that just seems so out of character. Like when you go back to Civil War One, you wouldn't, like Cap was not trying to kill Iron Man, and and, and Iron Man wasn't trying to kill Cap. No. whereas Carol Danvers like totally went out
0: and like tried
1: to kill Tony Stark. I just felt that's very out of place.
0: And just the way it ended, I, I just felt it was like this big build-up. There's a lot of really cool scenes there. Yeah. I love the old man Logan going into oh, the future with you. That was my favorite that part of so the, cool. the whole book. Yeah, I, was, I
1: really liked it. I, I felt like the first three, four issues were great. We yeah. got some really good action sequences. Uh, David Marquez, his art, just, it saved the book. Yeah.
0: Right? It was unreal. It was yeah. so good. I agree with you fully. that like right through and It was consistent. That's yes. That's nothing I love. Exactly. It's, some of the other events, there's you get the lack of consistency yeah. of art, and it switches almost sometimes panel to panel. Right. And this was consistent right through it. was beautifully done art. It was. The, the covers were just fantastic. Yeah. That last cover even with the Iron Man helmet with oh, holes in it. Oh,
1: man. So good. Poster right there. You know, what's funny. Um, Carol Devers, like, was it just me or did you see like Charles uh, Theron? I was like, wow, yeah. like, that could be Miss Marvel. I mean, obviously, they're not going that route, but uh, just a small little thing there.
0: Well, I saw Brie Larson when we I watched the Golden Globes oh, okay. this past Sunday. And cool. she stood up and I was like, wow, that looks That's like Captain Marvel. Nice. I was like, whoa, awesome. this is awesome. Oh, I'm excited. So nice. Speaking of which, did you have a chance to catch him? Golden Globes, yeah. yeah. That that was the show. Um,
1: Jimmy Fallon wasn't really present. No. You know. <laughs> um, his great line I liked was the Chris Rock impersonation. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. But you know who was the, the comic relief was um, Steve Carell. Yeah, that was they, that was the
0: best. <laughs> they it so good. Yeah, yeah they're good they're stuff. quite hilarious. It was, yeah. it was nice to see Atlanta getting some love oh, there yeah. and
1: La La Land cleaned up cleaned up I so, can't wait to see that movie actually I'm, I'm, I'm a musical guy so uh can't wait to see that movie yeah you saw yeah. a
0: nice diverse cast of people getting awards that. yeah a lot of different shows yeah lot La La Land got a lot of the movie stuff but mm-hmm. a lot of the tv shows was quite spread out as who was getting awards so it's nice to see something that wasn't the same movie over and over again especially a movie that I haven't seen yet
1: yeah exactly No, it's good I really feel uh the Golden Globes do put on a better show than the Oscars but the Oscars like what counts yeah you know yeah
0: Yeah, I fully agree with you there. Yeah. And while we're here talking about comic books, a little segment that I think we're going to start doing here, we're going to see how it goes over the next couple of weeks, is our comic book pick of the week. One of our New Year's resolutions or Nerd Year resolutions was to get back into comic books a bit more and talk about comic books more on the podcast. And we thought, what a better way than discussing one of our favorite comic books from our reading week and not particularly from the our recent poll list or anything like that it's just a comic book that we've picked up and we've read it can be old it can be new and we'd love to hear what you guys are loving at the moment in comics so nice
1: troy what's your comic book pick of the week yeah my pick of the week man it is going to be um thor the unworthy thor this thing is solid man i i do have like the old volumes of uh god of thunder thor which is which is pretty cool but i've never been the biggest thor guy but i picked up the unworthy and and man, this thing is just jam packed. The art again is is awesome. Uh, the artist is uh, Oliver Co- Coppell, yeah, I believe, and I, I'm a big fan of this guy because this guy did Siege. He's did Spider Verse a couple years ago, and he's also done. Um, I think he did X Men. I think he did a run on the Avengers vs X Men as well. A couple, of, I think, some cover arts. But anyways, uh, the art's great. The story's awesome. Better Ray Bill is in there. The collectors in there. And um, there's some cool stuff going on. If you read um, Origins of Sin, is it Origins of Sin? Yeah. Original Sin. Original Sin, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you read Original Sin, there's some tie-ins with the original Nick Fury. And you're a man, Thanos, yeah. right? So I love this book. There's three issues out right now. Go out there and check this book out great stuff
0: i agree i yeah. absolutely love the series too there's even a nice tie to the ultimate thor series yes of course Which ties into secret wars as well yeah and what they happened finally. with that whole thor's thing right yeah so there's a lot of really cool books coming together there. it requires somewhat of a depth of knowledge of thor yeah but i have to fully agree with you yeah it's an awesome book great
1: stuff eh? Yeah. so that's why i want to ask you does this connect to your
0: guy thanos that in your series going on and thanos uh is just thanos is it just it's just titled called Thanos, Thanos ongoing yeah memory. so does it connect with this book at all not yet okay. at least so my pick of the week is Thanos number two Thanos number one it's that whole series. It's yeah. absolutely fantastic. It's really hitting on a modern take on a Jim Starling story. You're getting Star Fox, Nebula, wow. Thanos. Like, There's a lot of characters in there that remind you of the old Jim Starling days, but they've pulled you out of that Jim Starling-esque art, which sometimes is hard to grasp onto. That whole Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet type art. Like, nice. It's very Jim Starling-esque, yeah. but this is taking almost what you saw in the Avengers Hickman run, that type of art. No way. So it's really cool, really well done. The story is like right out there, cosmic, and it fits into my wheelhouse. It's it's a bit crazy sometimes, and yeah. some of the characters you look at them particularly like Star Fox and that, they haven't really <laughs> updated them that much. So it looks like they've pulled them right out. But Nebula seems to have more of that Guardians of the Galaxy look to her. Cool. The Thanos story about spoilers for the Thanos book about Thanos dying is really cool. And he has a couple of badass scenes oh, in, in, in the first couple of issues here. So high recommend there. But no, it's not really tying yet into the thanos book at least a couple issues that i have read i might be right. an issue behind
1: so this must go quite a bit of ways from um civil war zero civil war two issue zero how thanos took out war machine basically doesn't yeah. really
0: tie into that like oh, okay. he's gone back to the the worlds that he controls nice. and corvus glade was sitting on his throne and that corvus glade kind of ties into the hickman run and oh, so there's man. a lot of really cool stuff going on there so yeah. there, there's some really good stuff as much as we've kind of beat the shit out of marvel last couple <laughs> of weeks there's some really good stuff going on on some of these new ongoings and yeah. picking up on some of these threads that were left like dangling for mm-hmm.
1: a year well, that's the state. Of, I mean, going back to Thor, like it, it's nice to finally have some kind of ties to Secret Wars because we haven't really had anything tying back to that. So no. it's really cool that we get that in. I think issue.
0: Issue. Right? in th- issue one. Issue one. Yeah. It, issue it kind one. of ties directly into that idea, and if you hadn't read Thor's. From Secret Wars or even the original Sin stuff. You wouldn't really know what's going no. on. Yeah, But this is really the first appearance of Thor in quite some time. Yeah. Like the Unworthy Thor. Exactly. Like you saw him in Secret Wars. Yeah. But beyond what happened in Original Sin when it became Unworthy, like you mm-hmm. haven't seen him for that long. That's right. So for the second week of January of 2017, our comic book picks of the week are The Unworthy Thor issues 1 through 3 and the new Thanos ongoing issues 1 and 2. So stepping back into Star Wars here, there's there's rumors that Woody Harrelson is up for a part in the new Han Solo anthology movie, yeah. and the rumor is that he's up for the mentor role to Han Solo. What are your thoughts on first of all Woody Harrelson entering yeah. into the Star Wars universe? I like
1: it. I think that fits for that role. I could totally see this guy being a scoundrel. Um, Just going back to even Hunger Games, the character he played. Right? Yeah, I think that that works. I really like to see that. I didn't even think about a mentoring uh, character going into this movie, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm on board. I don't know in the extended view if... um, han had like a father figure instead or, or i really what? don't
0: know there's some han solo books out there that mm-hmm. take place at roughly about the same time i've never read them yeah but apparently there is somewhat of a mentor figure out there that right. this character could be yeah but when i look at woody harrelson yeah. i still just don't see him in the star. i just watched this movie he was in i think it was called triple zero or triple nine It was this really weird... The cop one? Yeah, the cop one. Yeah, okay. And I started watching it because it was on Netflix. I was kind of bored one day. And the cast is unreal. It's it's stacked. Yeah, Yeah. Anthony Mackie. Like all these crazy actors. Oh, yeah. Casey Affleck's in it too. Yeah. But he plays like this like dirtbag cop, like just like this drug addict, drunk cop. Yeah. And I look at that and I look at some of his other portrayals. I never really felt that he fit that well into the Hunger Game oh, okay. universe either. Have you read
1: the books to yeah, I oh, the Oh, okay. Books. So that's so why I guess you I really don't yeah. know.
0: Like when I read the books, I especially two and three, mm-hmm. I'd already seen one. So that's oh, the character I always put okay. into that. So I never really imaged him as someone else in my brain when I was yeah. kind of, you, know, you know, as you read, you kind of do your imagination. Thing. Yeah. But I just don't feel he's the right actor for that role. I don't right. know what it is. Do you think it's too much of a, his personality? Like it's too he's, he's kind of too big? Yeah. it's to too in much Wars? Woody Harrelson. I yeah. think I won't see the character he's playing. I'm going to see Woody Harrelson. When right. you look at the actors that they've cast for this, Aldrich einreich yeah. and even uh, donald glover like yeah. i feel that he can act well enough mm-hmm. that i won't see donald glover i yeah. won't see the character yeah. from community i'm gonna see lando calrissian right. and even amelia uh, clark like right. i feel like she's going to be a nice presence on the screen yeah and transform into that yeah. character yeah but when i see woody harrelson i just
1: see woody harrelson that's a good point the only thing that kind of saves me is uh the canaan book actually funny enough the canaan book um he goes from a padawan and then he kind of gets adopted by like, this pirate figure If they can kind of play with that kind of role, that idea of like this pirate smuggler scoundrel taking on this uh, young Harrison Ford character, or Han Solo, I should say, then I'm kind of sold on that idea.
0: Interesting, because when I look at it, I see... Potentially the villain in the movie. Okay. Yeah, we don't even know who the villain could be. No, so the Empire is going to be in the periphery here. I think you're going to see stormtroopers. You're going to see hints of what's going on in the background. Maybe Han at one point has to avoid the Empire because the stories from before, when he lost the cargo for Jabba to the Empire. And so there's going to be some of that element, I think, built into that. So it feels like it's in the story's universe. Yes. But I don't think the Empire is going to be the main villain here. And I'm wondering if you're going to see flashback scenes of han solo either training or learning the ropes of smuggling or being a pirate type thing Mm -hmm. from this woody harrelson character and then in the future he's doing some smugglers run or something to that effect oh okay and it's it's to outplay the woody harrelson character cool so you kind of do like
1: the uh, daredevil and stick from netflix like he mentored him and then at the end he's kind of like the bad
0: guy. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's kind of how I, I like see that. it right now. Yeah, and but in my head, I, that doesn't really work for me yet. Like, <laughs> I still don't see a true villain in that film. Yeah, like, I, I really don't know what it's going to be about. If he's going to be chasing some sort of MacGuffin, or mm-hmm. he's trying to smuggle something across, or if it's going to be about the bounty that's on his head from Jab. Like, I don't right. really know where they're going to go with that. They seem to be exploring some of the ideas of when he first met Chewie and this life debt and right. maybe when he got the Falcon from Lando. So they're going to be filling in some of those story gaps. Mm-hmm. But I need a whole story here too, right? Like I still have a lot of confidence in this film. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, after Civil wrote 1 especially. Yeah. yeah, and it's in good hands. The writers are great. The director's great. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to put on screen. But I still don't have an idea because we've never had a movie when it's not the Rebellion versus the Empire. Right. Or Jedi or Sith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some form of that, right? Exactly, yeah. It's going to be a while before we see anything on this. And it's going to be speculation forever. Oh, right. Definitely. <laughs> for at least the next two years. Yeah. And really, we're in the business of speculating when we're talking about stars here on the podcast. Always, and yeah. Episode 8, you know, we're only 340 or 38 days or something away from Episode 8, so it's coming on us pretty quick, and we're starting to hear some of what the story is going to be about. And there's an interview with Rain Johnson, the director of Episode 8, and he discussed a bit about what the film at least the start is going to be about and how we're gonna jump right back into that last scene from Force awakens and the movie's gonna focus quite a bit on Luke and Ray's relationship We're not really used to that no that's, that's in the different. Star Wars universe we're yeah. used to kind of jumping around here a year or two or six months or whatever yeah. and with Ray and Luke exploring this do you think it's gonna be more of a like a Dagobah Yoda? loop type scene at the start here we're going to spend quite a bit of time at the start or do you think it's going to be a quick wrap-up we're going to get some dialogue between the two of them and then we're going to shoot off into the stars and kick off the movie that's a good point actually yeah they they
1: definitely have to um pass some time you know you can't just i mean i I get picking right up from episode seven and then going into eight but then there has to be some point where we push time forward Finn's healed Kylo Ren's trained more So yeah Maybe they, they start the movie You know they, they pan down from space Go down to um, I've got the planet But they go to that planet and You see them train They talk They exchange words Whatever the case is And then Pan back out to Starkiller Base Or a new Starkiller Base And you have Snoke and... Well, because basically, Snoke asked... What's his name? I'm bad with General names today. General Hux to find um, Kylo Ren. Yeah, right? and bring him for more training. Exactly. So I will not be surprised if we see Kylo Ren pretty early in the film, much like we did in the last
0: film, yeah. actually, Episode 7. Well, they need to pass some time here. They have to. you're right, because there's a lot that happened at the end of that film, particularly when it comes to the First Order. Even. They suffered a major loss. Yeah. A lot of bodies gone. So there's got to be some building of the First Order again. There's got to be the training with Snoke and kylo yeah he's got to heal, and there's got to be some development in ray and her force abilities finn was left on the on a table right so there's a lot going on there and if we jump straight into episode eight from what we came out of in episode seven mm-hmm. it's there's not a lot of time to pass to kind of wrap up some of this and get back into a thrilling story exactly yeah and the crawl where's yeah. the crawl cover? 'Cause if it's picking right up from episode seven Intra <laughs> and, I never thought of it. Right? And I,
1: it kinda gets has me scared because I'm like, we definitely lacked a crawl in the last movie and they can't take out a crawl out of like the saga films. So like, what are you covering? <laughs>
0: Wow, I never really thought yeah. about that. way. Do you do like an opening scene with Luke and Ray, yeah, and then go to the Star Wars right. main title and then a crawl? But that would be a little confusing because that's so somewhat disjointed from what we're used to seeing. I right? Know. It's black screen Star Wars crawl.
1: That's yes, that's the theme right there, right? So for you guys listening, let us know right in uh, the comments and let us know like how would you handle this? Like, what do you do with the crawl? You just Episode blew eight. my mind with that <laughs> crawl thing. Like, I, yeah. what do you
0: do? What do you do? Yeah, it's crazy. Do you just summarize Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Star Killer base was destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> Finn is injured. Like, what do you yeah, do? If you didn't
1: see the last movie. This is what happened. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I never yeah. really thought it that way. No. Continuing on with Episode Eight here, the Lucasfilm brain trust is meeting this week to discuss. Carrie Fisher. So there's the untimely death of Carrie Fisher. We're still all kind of reeling yeah. from that a bit. And Lucasfilm, is, is they're getting on top of this. And it's its an unfortunate thing to kind of discuss, right? Like, yeah. it, it's hard. We're only a couple weeks out from her death, and, and they're already talking about what do they do with her character, what they do with Princess Leia yeah. going forward, because she does have a rather large part in Episode Eight, apparently. And there's two particular scenes that are quite crucial, I guess, that have been filmed, and that's the Luke and leia reunion right as well as a kylo and leia reunion yeah those are really big scenes they're they're huge scenes and her impact in the film is going to be felt and depending on where they left the character at the end of episode 8 it really has an effect of what they do in episode 9 yeah so what are your thoughts on what they should do with the character should they go full cg with this and just continue on with the character should they give her some sort of on-screen but off-screen death mm-hmm. or implied death. Like, what do you think they should do with a character?
1: It's really tough. It's really tough to tell. I mean, I'm one of the few people. Um, I know there's a couple guys out there on the Star Wars Commonwealth 2 that weren't the biggest fans of the CG in, um, in Rogue One. Yeah. So I still think it's too early to use those effects. At least for me, I'd appreciate something different. I'm, I'm a practical guy, though. So if they were to... I guess you can't replace Princess Leia, though. You can't replace Carrie Fisher with another actor. So... Wow, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, they handled our uh, Mom Martha in um episode 7 off-screen, but I can't remember if she was dead at that point or if she did die cuz I know in Bloodlines she's ill, but I can't remember if she's actually dead in episode 7 or not.
0: I don't think they really mentioned it. They her, don't do mention they? it,
1: but it's no. all off uh, all off camera, right? Yeah. So it just depends where they, they, they end episode 8, where that character is, and how do you handle her. I mean, you could do maybe the Fast and Furious kind of thing, like Paul Walker, where you kind of have someone's body in, and then double her yeah, face it's, over top. Well,
0: that's but the Tarkin type thing, It's still thing, the right? Tarkin thing, though, right? So that's, I, I'd, that's I'd like to top. see them finish out whatever arc they had planned for mm-hmm. Princess Leia, for Carrie Fisher. Like, I feel maybe it would be slightly of a disservice to Carrie Fisher to yank her out, or give her a premature death without expanding on the character, or giving her that full arc. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's some people that think you know maybe they should give her a very honorable death within the film, and I it, that makes me feel really weird to talk about. Like I yeah. like I don't feel right talking about this. Right. And maybe we should push this do- conversation a little further down the road. Mm-hmm. But being that the Lucasfilm is discussing this right now, it, right. it is a topic that that we should be discussing because it's going to come down to Disney making a decision, and I don't really know if whatever decision they make is going. To find favor with people, like, there's right. always going to be people that are upset that they, they've, they've, you know, they've taken the character a certain direction because of her death, or people are going to be upset that they went the full CG route. So yeah. I don't really know if they can win here. Yeah, how do you satisfy both parties, right? So, and I really don't even know where I stand. I think yeah. I'm still struggling with the idea of you know giving her an on-screen death because it's, it seems too real right now. Yeah. And maybe a couple of years down the road, I feel a little less. I don't need, because it's it's coming, I guess, within less than a year, though. That's just it. So, like, do they have to tweak the end of Episode 8? Because it's important as to where they leave the character in Episode 8 for what happens in Episode 9. You don't want to leave her at the end of Episode 8 with a really critical story arc and something that requires further development and then have it cut short in Episode 9. I think that would be a massive disservice to the character, to the legacy that she'll be leaving with this character. It really would be. It's a tough debate, and I think it's something that we're going to be talking about for the foreseeable future as to what they're going to do. So I really don't know. I'm kind of on the fence here. I don't really have a a position other than the fact that I want them to do justice to the character for for Carrie Fisher because that's what she would have really wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think Disney is all about that. Like I don't doubt that they're going to go down a path that is just for them, is just going to benefit them. and. So I, I think they're going to do her well, mm-hmm. and I hope that whatever direction that they take, that the fandom will support that, Yeah, because I think they're going to be trying to do what's best. Absolutely agree, yeah. So, All right, continuing on with our Star Wars talk, the Star Wars theme throughout the majority of this episode here, we're here to talk about... Star Wars Rebels Season 3 Mid-Season Trailer. We did have the opportunity to watch the first episode, or the first two episodes, actually. Yeah, the bonus, yeah. Yeah, the Ghost of Geonosis. And you can catch our discussion of that on our weekly after-show podcast, Rebels Alert, which is on the same feed you're listening to right now. Just go back and check that out. We go into some detail about Saw's appearance and the connections to Rogue One, and the overall arc that we see a lot of these characters going through, and how well that episode was received by both of us. It was, yeah. And we're going to get in and we're going to break this trailer down in a little bit of detail and talk about particularly some of the ties to Rogue One, some of the Thrawn stuff and some of the Obi-Wan and Maul stuff that we do see in here and speculate a bit of what we think is going to happen in this season because it looks like this is going to come at us fairly quick. We got a couple episodes here and then a slight hiatus again. It looks like a better month hiatus. Oh man. So it'll be interesting to see if we get a lot of this in the first couple episodes Mm -hmm. or if we're going to see these arcs continue out through the entirety of the season. And yeah, let's get into it. Nice. We got Ezra kicking off the trailer here in his Space Jammies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's I like this warning thing that's going on in the background with Obi-Wan. And that, mm-hmm. that's pulled right through the trailer here. It's kind of always in the background. I love that. And who who activated that warning? Well, that's the yeah. interesting part. Like yeah. why it kinda of looks like it's broken apart there, right? Mm-hmm and was something was maul on board right? Is, is it's a canaan has yeah, he kind of gone off on his own and right? left ezra by himself saying i'm going to take up this mission on my own yeah and almost do like the sacrificial type thing that would make a lot of sense actually yeah. so we get some great splash images here of imperial ships above Lothal. i think was the first planet and it looks like we're above the chopper base here i can't remember the planet name um, but it looks like Thrawn's end game is kind of coming to fruition and this is a theme that's pulled right through the trailer here is that Thrawn's end game all this waiting that we've been seeing him doing throughout the entirety of this season and we've even mentioned that like mm-hmm. maybe one too many times he's let the rebels go but it looks yeah. like they're driving towards an end point here and it's really shown in this trailer yeah i mean the the image of the tie defender flying there so that comes out of the the back end of the first half of the season about that secret weapons program on Lothal that Thrawn is apparently running so it's just cool to see one of those in action could be a prototype there is an image later on in the trailer that that does show it in action fighting against the rebellion here and the one thing about this tie defender it seems like it's going to elevate the rebellion to this next level with their star fighters do you think that we're going to see an x-wing in rebels oh I hope so because we've yet to see oh, them. Oh yeah, right? we
1: haven't seen one of those. I would love to. I'm a big fan of the X-wing. That's probably my favorite ship. Yeah, because it's got to be goodness. about
0: that escalation, right? We mm-hmm. have the tie defender. Is the X-wing the answer to that?
1: Right. That's a good call. I
0: don't. I don't know actually. Then, if we put it that way, what do you think? We're we gonna get it? I think we're gonna get. Yeah. It. I think it's gonna be maybe towards the towards end the end of the, series, of the season. season. Yeah. But I think we're gonna get something to that effect, at least alluding to awesome. it. Right. This so that joy that we just see there kind of reminds me of General
1: Grievous's. Uh, Henchman a little bit uh, you know yeah. their staffs where they like the first glance it does like, kind of look like yeah. that yeah and he's yeah. beating
0: the crap out of chopper there yeah and a lot of the a lot of the scenes here that we're seeing in this trailer are pulled right from the first two episodes too mm-hmm. that the saw episode here. yeah and one of my favorite scenes from this trailer is Thrawn standing there with the death troopers right like I absolutely love that they've tied that in
1: like, we did get enough already. It's yeah. so great, you know, coming off of Rogue One that we've seen these guys in the uh, Dave Filoni universe now of Star Wars. Love yeah, this. and
0: and going into the visual dictionary with the Death Troopers, we spoke a bit about this on the last episode mm-hmm. of Star Wars Rebels Alert. So the Death Troopers were the bodyguards for high-ranking military officials or members of the Tarkin Initiative. And the Tarkin Initiative, from the visual guide, is basically like the secret think tank within the Advanced Weapons Research Division of the Empire. So this fits really well with what we're seeing here, I think, with Thrawn being in charge of the TIE defenders. So having those bodyguards kind of makes sense. It starts to tie a lot of this Tarkin initiative together. So you said it's it's does get mentioned within the novelization, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I went back, so I was like, I'm certain I've heard the Tarkin initiative before, prior to seeing the visual guide. And it does actually get its first mention within the Darth Vader comic book series. Cool. So I knew I'd seen it in a comic book or something. So I did go to Wikipedia and I was like, where have I seen this before? And then I pulled out issue three of the Darth Vader comic book series and it's in there. So it looks like BT and Triple Zero actually spun out of... The Tarkin initiative as well so these are these crazy ass c3po and r2d doppel, doppelganger <laughs> yeah. yeah evil doppelgangers yeah. that we do see in the comic books and now in docker the doctor afro series so it's cool that they're starting to connect a lot of this advanced weapons program and i mm. really think that's why the death troopers are withdrawn because he's embedded within that program as well he's just in charge of something different as opposed to krennic who's in charge of the death star mm-hmm. program love how it's all tying together yeah it's really cool yeah and as we talked about last week, we have Thrawn stating outright that he knows that there is a mole embedded within the Empire here, and he specifically calls out the name Fulcrum. Right. Is this going to be the part of the season where we do see Callus finally revealing himself and coming out of the side of the rebellion? Or do you think he's going to be killed?
1: I think he's I think he's going to be killed. I was kind of rooting for him to be the character that actually took out Thrawn, kind of yeah. like the extended you from past, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't get anything past Thrawn. He's just too sharp. And I think he's going to get to... um, We have to have some characters die this season. And I think what easier way than to get rid of uh, here? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's also going to die. I think he's going to have this like redemptive death where he saves Kanan or Ezra or yeah. some part of the alliance here. And I think that Thrawn is going to use him a lot more. I don't think he's actually going to call him out until a little later on in the For season. Sure. He's going to, I think, use Callus to some degree to find out eventually where Chopper Base is and using maybe the transmissions he's sending and use him as kind of this way to find where the Rebels actually are. Right. So I think that we're going to get... The chopper base being absolutely decimated by Thrawn in this Mm -hmm. season. And then we get Bail Organa there. And we get the whole committee there. We get Mon, we get Bail, and we're starting to see the Rebel fleet here, which is really cool. These these big frigates, the Hammerhead corvettes that we saw from... Rogue Rogue One, the Mon Calamari ships, and we're starting to see the Rebel fleet come together, which is a really cool concept. So we're finally seeing, after numerous seasons, these different cells finally coming together to form the Alliance and of the Rebellion. So we saw in Rogue One that I I still don't think they were that fully cohesive unit. You had the committee, and people were disagreeing, and we can't do anything without the the panel, without the democracy. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's nice to see those seeds being planted in star wars rebels i absolutely love seeing so bale cool. and mon and all these characters
1: it's pull the right through here yeah I've just seeing them grow and like you mentioned before space battles we're getting a lot of space battles going on here
0: yeah i think this is where we're going to start to see these epic space battles we have finally this the rebel fleet coming together here they're yeah. going to in a much larger way the empire here not and i don't think they're ever going to match gun for gun no. the empire here but they can put up a bit more of a fight we're seeing a lot more of these epic type return of the jedi space battles yeah. right like these huge space battles with numerous star destroyers the the large mon calamari ships yeah. and the rebel fleet itself actually opposing the empire and we do get right here from governor price her speaking to grand moff tarkin who's reappearing which is it's it's really cool to start to see Love a that. lot of these rogue one a lot of these new yeah. Hope characters coming together here she does comment about multiple rebel cells making a coordinated attack is something new something they haven't seen before so it's really cool to hear that that we're going to see some awesome space battles coming forward here in this in this uh, back half of the season. For sure, do you think we'll see Wedge pop up piloting one of these ships? He's actually in this trailer. Oh, he okay, yeah, yeah, nice. he does show up briefly in his Tie Fighter gear as well as what looks like his A Wing gear as well. Cool. So it's interesting because in the I think it's one of the aftermath books. I think it's the first one he does describe his first couple missions with the rebellion right. as being an a-wing pilot and him actually crashing on the top end of a volcano and breaking his leg oh that's right i think we've talked about that yeah, actually, the first briefly. time he appeared
1: we we're wondering when is that going to happen yeah cool. so we'll
0: hopefully we'll get even more ties yeah into the books into those those novels where we do see him actually going on some sort of mission with mm-hmm. an a-wing and crashing and breaking his leg tying all oh, of that together man. huge so in the, in the episode here, we do see a lot of, of Zeb under strain, it seems. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of running this through my head throughout the day. Do you think Zeb is going to die at the end of this season? Uh, probably. You know,
1: I was one of the people that actually thought he was going to die even last season. yeah. So I've kind of been on the wagon here being like, Zeb's going to die any minute now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd been at this season too. I mean, a character like him has to go, right? He, he's he's such a, I don't want to say iconic character, but he makes a presence in this yeah. series and to not see him ever brought up or anything like that in the in the OG series or the, the original trilogy, it'd be kind of weird, right? So
0: I find that his character hasn't been getting that focus. I don't know if they're yeah. preparing us for his death right. and trying to pull him back a bit. I feel like he's going to have one of these really big epic death, like a sacrificial death. Yep. But if I had to pick anyone from the Ghost crew right now, to die exactly it is zeb like that's a hundred percent what i'm thinking yeah i don't know like would it change that dynamic of the show a lot like it would definitely change it but would you miss the character well that's kind of a silly question because of course we're going to miss the character Mm -hmm. he's a great character yeah especially with him and Ezra, the chemistry is great yeah but the arcs that they're building like when you look back at the last episode one of the comments we made was that they progressed a lot of the characters in there quite a bit over a single two-parter episode. yeah like Hera got her dues Sabine's gonna get a ton of, of story going oh, yeah. forward here and Ezra and Kanan seem to have a large story that may be coming to more of a conclusion mm-hmm. but when I look at Zeb and what they've done with him this season he had some moments at the end of last season with Kallus
1: yeah he's kind of like the Hawkeye you know in, yeah. in this in the band of rebels especially because he kind of fulfilled
0: his arc already in the season two there yeah you know they, they pushed him as far as he could possibly go and revisiting Sabine's arc here like this, this Mandalorian arc, I'm really excited for it. Like, yeah. If we go back a couple episodes and you can hear me describing how I wasn't super thrilled with the Mandalorian arc because I'm not really invested in it or yeah. engaged in it. But seeing what they're doing here with Sabine and the Darksaber and the, the Super Imperial Commandos yeah, and the back. Mandalorians, like it looks like she's going to take up maybe her rightful mantle. Yeah.
1: And take over the show. Yeah. like She's pushing Ezra right out of the show. She's taking over. And then we've got her mom or... Who could potentially, potentially be her mom? Potentially, right.
0: I wonder if they're fully going to explore that arc of her mom in here. Like It looks like they are, because you do see Finn Rao commenting to her, if you can take the Darksaber and get your mom on side, basically, yeah. then we can unite our people. Right. So yeah. And maybe against the Empire. Exactly. So we'll see. Or maybe they'll explore that in Season 4? There is potential for that, because yeah. they got at least some of this stuff... To, to pull over into season four because yeah. there's a lot of big things happening here and that's something I want to talk about when we get to the end of this trailer is what do you do in season four if you close out some of these massive arcs like there's a lot going on in this season and it fits really well together but it makes me worried for what they're going to do going forward yeah for sure this is the only part I don't like I like it
1: when the music changes but I, I, I'm not really a big fan of like the Indiana Jones whip Almost like you know? the, the lasso of
0: truth from Wonder them. Exactly,
1: Woman. yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I don't really need that. But but everything else is great. I love the music. Like you mentioned, when it drops, that, that just sets the tone. Yeah. What yeah. about her shield, her cap shield? See, I love that shield because that's from um, the original Clone Wars when it was like animated, like the cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a scene when Obi-Wan is battling some bigger droid and he's deflecting his, his lightsabers with that shield. So that's cool that they brought the shield back in um, Rebels straight from that
0: cartoon really cool and when she holds up the dark saber here like you just mentioned the music swells and you get a whole tonal shift Mm -hmm. in the trailer goosebumps full across my body Like, even just talking about it, I'm getting a bit rattled right now. Right? And
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, we've been talking about this uh, every time since coming back from Rogue One. The music in this show is incredible. We've been saying it from the start of the series or the season. And I'm just like, man, I I really wish we could have got this in Rogue One. Because the music's great. Like really It
0: feels cinematic to me. Like, I know we're watching a cartoon. Mm -hmm. But it it almost sometimes feels like... Like, I don't like using the word cartoon because it makes it sound somewhat juvenile. Right, But... This this show is unreal. It, it hits every demographic. It hits the Star Wars fan. It hits the children. It hits yeah, everything. Everyone.
1: The newcomers. Yeah.
0: It does. Everyone. And it does it so well. And it builds this cinematic feel around this TV show. Yeah. Like this is one of the best TV shows on TV. It now. is.
1: I love it. So this is what I want to ask you. We got Thrawn here. He's doing some kind of training, and this guy's—he's stacked. I didn't know he's packing all that underneath his, uh, <laughs> underneath his uh, his gear there. But um, is this familiar in uh, the extended view? Was he much of a combat person? I thought he's just a strategic kind of guy. But
0: to be hold honest up? with you, I can't remember, and yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Though. Like I think the idea with Thrawn was always that he was never meant to be in a position where he did have to get physical. Okay. He's always that smart, that far right. ahead of people. But at the same time,
1: I, it doesn't bother me. No, it makes sense. Especially yeah. that one time, I think it was episode three in this season, when we saw him kind of lose it on yeah. the one general there. So it kind of makes sense that he has like maybe some steam to blow off every now and then when he's, he's training or something.
0: Well, I like the fact that he is training. It makes him seem like more of a well-rounded Imperial. Exactly. You go back to Lost Stars and the training and all that the Imperials have to go through, yeah. it makes sense that he would... like he's Yes, he's a Grand Admiral, mm-hmm. but of course he's got to maintain this training. And that's exactly. something that's pulled right through Lost Stars when you go to Thane and Sienna Ree mm-hmm. with the characters about them training and maintaining the ability to fly ships and maintaining the ability to shoot a blaster, be physical. It yes. just makes sense here. Yes. I kind of like it. He's kicking the shit out of these droids. Yeah, too. definitely, right? Thrawn really looks like he's going to get his, his dues here at the end of this season Or mm-hmm. within the next couple episodes at least Like we're finally going to get down to this Thrawn arc And really pushing on who Thrawn is Like mm-hmm. who the Thrawn is from the original EU From those original books that are held in, in such high regard right. amongst fandom
1: And that's, that's what backs up our theory even more so Is that somebody has to bite it When you have a character like Thrawn
0: Somebody from the Rebels
1: crew has to die
0: and you're almost limited to the rebels crew because a yeah. lot of the characters, like a wedge or a gold leader, who you see kind of in the background here, potentially yeah. Mon Bell, like you can't kill any of these exactly. characters, right? So you're limited on who you can kill. Yeah. And Callus, yeah, I think he's one of these characters that he was predictably fulcrum, and I think you can predict his eventual death. Right. But it's not going to have that same weight behind mm-hmm. it, that emotional attachment to a character. Yes, he's probably going to have some sort of sacrificial death, but if you flip that and do. Zeb saving him or yeah. Zeb saving part of the crew and sacrificing himself to Thrawn. Right. I think that makes sense. Like, that's that's who I'm calling. Oh, it. yeah. Hands down. And then Sabine here towards the end of this trailer. She's got Ezra's lightsaber yeah. in her hand. And she's fighting Gar Saxon. Looks like he's challenging her mm-hmm. for the Darksaber, for control of whatever part of Mandalore. Or, or Death Watch. Yeah. Even, eh? Yeah. I, I don't know where they're going to go with this character. I have a gut feel that at least part of her is going to want to stay and take up her rightful place but at the same time can they spin that that she does win this say uh-huh. and then the Mandalorians or her death watch or whatever it is mm-hmm. end up on the side of the rebellion and fighting in a final battle with Thrawn that's true because that's another thing going forward is we don't
1: hear anything about Mandalore at least as far as I'm concerned um going off of a uh, new hope and past that we I don't think we really hear anything about them
0: and the not, Mandalorians. none of the Mandalore is part of anything right? Exactly. they're not part of the alliance so right. if they do join up they're gonna get eliminated
1: exactly yeah, this is another kind of weird one for me, seeing uh, Ezra in the, the astronaut gear and the lightsaber. Yeah, it's a bit different. It is a bit different, yeah. But it, nitpicking, but still, yeah, it's yeah, a little... Yeah,
0: it'd have to be more of circumstantial, I think. Like, it yeah. has to fit into what he's doing. Like, it very well might fit into the episode pretty good. Yeah. But when you see it kind of out of context, you're exactly. kind of like, eh, this doesn't feel like my Star Wars. The same yes. with the lasso. If it makes yeah. sense that she's got or she's picked it up along the way. Like, if anyone's going to have that type of technology, it's Sabine, right? Yes. It doesn't make sense. Like, if Kanan were to whip that out right. or, or someone else or Hera or anything, it wouldn't make as much sense. Place. But yeah. Sabine having that type of technology, I can kind of buy into yeah, that a bit more. I can
1: forgive it for sure. This is the money shot right here. Okay, let, let's
0: talk about <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. here. It's voiced by Steven Stanton, who did Admiral Radis who's done Grand Moff Tarkin. He has a couple other characters. Stacked. This sounds... Like Alec Guinness, completely. I th- I thought it was like a soundbite from him. Yeah, it's it's incredible. The character likeness is fantastic. Like oh, they yeah. brought him, and when he gets this lightsaber over his oh, head here, oh
1: yeah, he's in the form three. Uh oh, that's classic Obi Wan because he adopted that form after Qui Gon died, right? Yeah. and this this is the, he's such a great looking animated figure here too. Like going back to the two other previous uh, Obi Ones that we've seen on the
0: cartoons, this just looks great. I love it. The, the Clone Wars had his beard was what particularly bothered me. Like it yeah, never, it's pretty square, like very yeah. shape like. Right? I think, yeah, I think that was just the style of animation, yeah. Yeah. and they've kind of tweaked that a bit into Rebels. They've yeah. kind of gone a little bit away from that yeah. squarery, boxy, rounded almost, it off. Yeah, almost like pixelated type yeah. beard or whatever. But him sitting here over top of the fire, like it just looks so
1: good. You, you just look at him and you're just like, I want to know this guy's story. The last 19 years, Okay. Yeah. Right? I just want to know what's been going on with this guy. Wow, incredible. Yeah, and he's approached here by
0: Maul. Mm -hmm. At least
1: the way they lined it up at least looks that way, right?
0: So a lot of this trailer, like when we look at Star Wars, they're never ones to give away much. Do you think they're trying to mislead us with this trailer, with some of the characters, and particularly with this Obi-Wan-Darth Maul final face-off? Or do you think they're just saying, look, guys, we know you know it's coming, so here it is. Here's the start of it.
1: (laughs) I think they are. Actually, I think they are trying to play with their minds a bit. But we are going to see this. We we have to see these two duel. Because if they don't, there's going to be a big disappointment amongst Star Wars fans. Yeah. I mean, you've built it up so far. But but like I said here, is this little editing trick going on here, it makes us believe that they're going to go down, throw down right away. But I'm sure something else is going to happen along the lines. But we are going to see Obi-Wan and um, Darth Maul fight.
0: We have to. I Full circle, it, right? It needs to happen. Yes. But one thing, and I threw this out on Twitter the other day. Yeah. Does this close the door for an Obi-Wan movie? Like, you take out... The main antagonist yeah. for what potentially could be an Obi Wan movie set between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Does this close that door? Do you think they they might? I mean,
1: like I mentioned before too, they're walking a very fine line here because they have to they have to tread so carefully, even more so with him as opposed to Darth Vader last season because. He hasn't gone by Obi-Wan Kenobi in quite some time. You know, mm-hmm. he says it in A New Hope. Does this close the door to a movie? I, I, I still don't think so. Because going to those comics that we read, you know, every sixth or seventh issue, they give us an Obi-Wan journal. And there's there's some cool content going on there. But there's still a lot to be explored with what he's been doing on Mandalore or Mandalore on Tatooine. And I I, I did not mention, a, you know, I guess it would close the door in the Maul Saga. But I still believe we could get a uh, Obi-Wan versus Bounty Hunters. We could see him take on Cat Bane because he's a huge fan favorite, that character. So I don't think it closes the door in a movie. No.
0: I'm a little more pessimistic on that. Yeah. I think think it does shut a lot of the potential for an Obi-Wan movie Mm -hmm. down. I know the fans want it, but I feel like Maul was the appropriate antagonist for an Obi-Wan movie movie right at least an obi-wan centric movie yeah i agree that there are other characters that you could bring into that mm-hmm. but are these characters that do they fit as well into an obi-wan movie this seems like it's closing out a circle right yeah. he's coming full circle like he had killed him once or he thought yeah. he killed him once he killed his his master it yeah. makes sense that they're going to have this final duel when both of them are quite a bit older
1: yeah i think it does actually it works better this way because if you think about it if you were to do a darth maul uh, movie with Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan and Darth Maul, you have to explain so much. You'd have to ask the audience True. to watch this and watch Clone Wars because general audience would be like, wait, I thought he killed him in Phantom Menace. Whereas if you bring in bounty hunters, that's a lot easier to explain. And with Obi-Wan's age, his fighting's going to be a little off. His opponent would be better against guys with blasters as opposed to a lightsaber. So it, it, it could work, but it just now depends. Now that you
0: say that, like that yeah, it does make a bit more sense. There's a lot more... You're asking a lot more of the audience by putting Maul in there. Right. It's a lot more confusing. Because basically you kind of have to... You kind of get it from Rebels. But you yeah. almost have to go back into to clone, clone Wars. Years. Yeah. To see how he was revived. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this duel is going to injure Obi-Wan to the point where his fighting style slows down quite a bit? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't in even think about home. that. So we, we kind of asked for that in Rogue One with Vader. Yes. That, to demonstrate why that fight is a bit slower. And I think we come back to this. It's a bit nitpicky sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we're always curious as to why that fight is so much slower. And if we get Obi-Wan going into this Jedi pose and having a duel of sorts that is quick and up to the standards of, say, more of the the Clone Wars type dueling and even into what we saw in Rogue One with Vader. Right. Could this be an answer to Obi-Wan, why he's slowed down? Yeah, Because Maul's going to have to get his licks in. I, I just sure. don't want to see Obi-Wan go in there and just beat the shit out of Maul. <laughs> yeah. like I need this to have a good duel and maybe even a side story going on with Kanan and Ezra at the same time. Right? Like something big's got to happen here. And I think this is going to be something that's relatively soon in this story. I don't think this is going to be the season finale. Here. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I actually
1: really like that pitch. I didn't even think about that because, yeah, his his fighting's out of whack when he goes up against Vader there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would make sense, you know, if, if Maul got at his leg or his shoulder, and that's why his, his uh, Form 3 is a little rusty. I don't think he even has Form 3 in that that fight. But I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Ultimately, Obi-Wan would win, but he would win with the cost. Yeah,
0: right? exactly. Yeah. I think that's what they have to do for mm-hmm. this. And going forward, this season looks unreal and I had mentioned a little early on about we have these massive Maul Obi-Wan arc seemingly coming to somewhat of a close the Thrawn arc may be coming to a close like I don't know if no. Thrawn's gonna make it out of this season I really hope he does yeah but what do they do in season four Dave Filoni had mentioned in the past that eventually we're going to see the battle of Scar from the rebels perspective could that be what we lead up into season four?
1: Ooh, season four <laughs> I think season four would still be a year apart. I guess you could. I think You'd,
0: have to, uh, you'd, have, you'd to have to jump the timeline. You'd have to go outside line. of this year-by-year
1: type uh, year thing. Yeah. I, the only thing is, I th- I'm pretty sure we are guaranteed two, uh, five seasons. So I, I think we'd maybe see the scare fight closer to season five. But like you said, we could jump time. But where do you go forward? I, I think you definitely have to hold on to Thrawn. I think... This is going to be Thrawn's season
0: where he wins. I think he, like there's going to be a yeah. huge blow dealt to uh, to the Rebel lines. Yeah, so they're going to destroy the base. I think. Yeah, and then we're going to move probably to Dantooine, which is mentioned in A New Hope as the next abandoned Rebel base Yevon prior Four. to getting Yavin Four.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's that's pretty cool. Maybe maybe they'll pick up a little bit on Ahsoka again. I mean, that's Dave Filoni's baby. Like he created that character. He loves. Or very much and you know the, the general audience really likes what they've done with her too now going into rebel so maybe they'll pick back up with that because who knows maybe we lose a jedi in this up this season too maybe not necessarily death wise but maybe kanan goes somewhere else so you kind of have to insert ahsoka or um sabine takes that much more of a bigger role now that she has combat going on with the lightsaber or dark saber because
0: yeah. we're always looking at these escalating seasons right you have yeah. to get bigger and bigger you have to top what you've done before and mm-hmm. my fear is that the season is going to end with such Like With this Obi-Wan arc, with the Thrawn arc, they're not going to be able to top it. With the exception of... And I've been rattling around this idea for a little while now, and I'm going to throw it out there. Cool. Would you be opposed to going into, say, the Battle of Scarif at the end of Season 4, and Season 5 is Into a New Hope, what the Rebels are doing while a new hope is happening? because we're walking that timeline. Yeah, kind of going in and overlapping with a new hope. Instead of this assumption that we've all made that the Rebels series ends at rogue one essentially at the battle of scarif like you look at the rebel fleet that Mm -hmm. they're showing in rebels here and what we know is present by time we get to return of the jedi right that fleet isn't present in a new hope you do Mm -hmm. see some of it in rogue one and there's discussion of it here by mon mothma yeah like that fleet is off somewhere else right and you do see it reappearing in return of the jedi could we get episodes that are concurrent with a new hope and then they're just continuing on even into finding echo base or something like that pulling in what could they do there like not focusing in on where the comics have where they focus right in on luke han and leia Mm -hmm. but focusing on the other aspects of the rebellion like what else is going on because it's very clear like the the death star battle the battle of yavin isn't the entirety of the rebel fleet right so there's a lot of other things going on for sure yeah, no, I like
1: that. That's, that's huge. The only thing they'd have to do is you'd, you'd you'd have to definitely tone down or dismiss Kanan and Ezra. Like They yeah. would have to be removed because two Jedis like that are too big to have concealed throughout the, the original trilogy. But as for the Rebel Alliance itself, I would love to see, like, you could have Sabine and Hera basically yeah. throughout weaving in and out of Episode 4 and 5. Like, that'd be awesome. I like that idea. I just think the Jedis would have to be gone somehow.
0: Yeah, the only hole in all of that, and it's it's the Jedi, mm-hmm. is the remark that Mon Mothma makes to Bail Organa exactly. in Rogue One about calling your Jedi friend. Right. If, if Kanan and Ezra were present in Rogue One, yeah. there wouldn't be as much of a need to call in Ben Kenobi. You right. could retcon it and say, we need all of the Jedi, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: as opposed to just the one Jedi that she's referring That's to. That's true. And
1: then there's always the big question, Yoda.
0: Yoda, uh, episode five,
1: where he's yeah. like, basically the only other hope is Leia. Yeah. That we speculate at least, right? So there's basically Luke and Leia left for the Jedi's. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah. I don't know. That's something I, else. I, I like kind of Rattling though. around yeah. is how
0: you escalate this: is that you overlap it with a new hope mm-hmm. and you retcon certain things in that the Ghost crew is here or doing this or yeah. they're the ones that found Echo Base and then have moved on. They're more of this scouting team that yeah. goes and finds That's the what bases. i like. like what they've done in the past with the chopper. So, like it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I think that would be kind of cool. It'd be different. It's Totally sideways yeah. from what most people are talking about as far as speculating that the ghost crew is going to die. Yeah. As we go further and further into this, I'm less and less certain that they're all going to die.
1: Yeah, I think some are going to make it out. But, you know, going with your theory that you just made, that'd be cool too because you could see, like, Thane pop yeah. up. from. You could see Lost Lost Stars characters pop up in that uh, theory. So I, I really like that. Huge. Be
0: unreal. Yeah, so, oh, that'd be great. Speaking about Lost Stars characters, in the last episode of, of Rebels, we didn't really talk about this yeah. uh, the other day the the female captain oh <laughs> did you think at all that that was either Sienna yeah. reed or uh there's uh, admiral ray sloan yeah
1: yes yeah, so, yeah i, I thought her. it was uh is it
0: sloan yeah it is sloan
1: that's who i thought just because the age wouldn't match up with with uh sienna yeah but, her being a captain yeah but actually. yeah but but yeah with uh ray sloan there i was like oh yeah. shoot is that her because they, yeah. they have released images of both those characters so i was like yeah maybe that's her but no, yeah. apparently it wasn't. They, yeah. I can't
0: remember her name. But they said her name, and it's not that. Yeah. It's kind of like I was. At first, I was like, "Oh my god!" I know. it in, yeah. so this trailer was absolutely fantastic. And this is how you originally got me into Rebels by saying, "Hey Tim, watch <laughs> the mid-season trailer for season two. <laughs> yeah. That was my entry point into Rebels. That was the Vader and all that. That's right. another character that we could see pop up. That's in, true. in Season four too, right? Like he, he's on well, Mustafar, maybe. Uh, oh the man, castle. the castle. Ah. Yeah. But I love what they're doing here. I'm super excited to continue to discuss this. And for them to build this universe, it, it's just incredible. We've called it on Rebels Alert numerous times. This show is the glue that holds together the entirety of the extended Star Wars universe. It from really the books is. to the comics, it ties in absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a must-watch, right? Definitely, yeah. definitely. So that wraps up our discussion of the Star Wars Rebels Season 3 mid-season trailer. There's so much going on in the Star Wars universe. We've got lots of books coming down the pipe. I'd like to talk a bit more about the comics here in the future episodes and every week we're talking Star Wars Rebels over on Star Wars Rebels Alert that drops every single Monday. We're kind of breaking down each individual episode and we're also doing a massive MCU retrospective series. You talked a bit about that last week and we've kind of developed it a bit further. We're looking at Iron Man. We're going to drop that episode on Wednesday, January 25th. So make sure you keep tuned in for that. That's gonna be a bonus episode. That's not gonna be a Nerd Room episode or a Rebels Alert episode. That's gonna be its own separate retrospective series. So we're going back for the next 16 months and actually looking back with hindsight of what we've seen with Civil War, The Avengers, Age of Ultron, and how they've developed through the MCU from their humble beginnings. Yeah. Make sure you keep in mind that that's dropping on January 25th and kind of tune back in here to the Nerd Room to catch up on all your MCU movies. Yeah, keep it locked here for Star Wars, MCU, and Oscar bait. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to be a part of the show, comment questions, throw some of your theories that way, some of your Rebels theories. We kind of threw out some pretty wild stuff here. Yeah. I'd like to hear what you guys think. You can always get us at hashtag enterthenerdroom, thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our YouTube page. Just search the Nerd Room Podcast. So that about wraps it up for this week's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure talking Star Wars Rebels, talking Star Wars, and talking a little bit more comics here. We're looking forward to that. We're going to continue with... With this comic book of the week if you guys have selections you'd like us to check out dc image marvel whatever please throw them our way i'm looking to expand a bit and, and read a bit more different stories as i kind of slowly get back into marvel here all right guys until next week for the nerd room i'm tim i'm troy and thank you for entering the nerd room this has been a nerd room podcast production you can find our hosts Tim and Troy on Twitter at TheNerdRM and Troy The Boy 87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to starwarscomwell.com to find other podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow The Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.